Brought to you by the Appleseed. It's like a regular episode. Only shorter. We call them bites. It's a pleasure to have you with us for today's Appleseed Bite. These, of course, are mini episodes of the show, just a single story long, just a few minutes long, in case you only have a few minutes and you want to fill them with a great story. And we've got one for you today. We want to remind you that we bring you a few of these Appleseed Bites each week in preparation for our Thursday full hour-long episode drop, an hour filled with stories for you and your family. This Thursday, you're going to hear a story recorded live in the Appleseed studio from the North Carolina storyteller Donna Washington. She'll tell a fractured fairy tale version of the story of the three little pigs. You won't want to miss that, and you won't want to miss uh, an original audio drama written by the great storyteller Bill Harley. It's the story of a middle school detective named Quentin Manning, and together with his friends, he'll seek to solve the case of the flattened tires. That's coming up on Thursday's full hour-long episode of the Appleseed. In the meantime, I'm joined by one of our producers, Dr. Brian Tanner in the studio. Brian, thanks for joining me. Hey, it's great to be here. We're going to hear a a Liz Weir story, yeah? Yeah, we are. You mentioned in the full-length episode, we're going to hear a fractured fairy tale. This just got me (laughs) thinking about fairy tales, so I I thought I'd bring one in in here. It's called We Meg Barnaleg, and it is by Liz Weir. Like you say, she's a storyteller from Northern Ireland. And this is kind of a fun one. It's kind of about... Uh, wastefulness, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a, a comeuppance story for you know, and <laughs> learning lessons kind of story. But it's it's a lot of fun while we're learning the lessons. Liz, where in her home in Ireland, uh, uh, she she runs a, a hostel called Ballyamon Barn. Oh. And and it's sort of a center for storytelling and music. And a lot of American storytellers find their way there on a kind of pilgrimage to to the Emerald Isle, you know, oh, wow. <laughs> and stay with Liz and and sort of work with her, and 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 it's always a pleasure to hear a Liz Weir story. So are you are you booking your your ticket over there? Because <laughs> 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 I, I just might after uh, hearing that's right, right? That. Yeah. <laughs> we Meg Barnaleg. It's today's Appleseed Bite. <laughs> Meg Barneyleg. Wee Meg Barneyleg was an only child. Now her parents thought she was the most wonderful girl, but to tell you the truth, she was spoilt rotten. She wouldn't eat a thing her mother made for her. I don't like that. I can't eat that, she'd say. And instead of telling her just to eat it up, her mother would coax her and plead with her or would make two or three different things just for Meg. When it came to clothes, she was every bit as bad. I can't wear that. I hate that. She'd change her clothes two or three times a day. Still, her parents thought she was the best child ever, even if the neighbours knew different. Her parents would say she was a very observing sort of girl. What that really meant was that she was bold and outspoken. If she came to visit, she'd say things like, Oh, look, Mummy, they've still got the same old curtains they had here last year. Or, look, Daddy, there's a big chip in this cup. People dreaded her visits. One of her worst faults was that she liked to tease animals. Now, one harvest time, her parents took her to a farm. And while they were inside talking, Meg crept up on the old farm dog, who was lying chained up in the yard. 
She leapt forward and yanked his tail, but quick as a flash, he jumped up and nipped her in the leg. Wah! Well, you could have heard her scream at the other end of the country. Her parents came running, the farmer and his wife came running, the neighbours and friends came running. They all gathered around. Some people said the dog should be put down. Other people muttered they'd be better getting rid of that horrible child. When Meg heard this, she slipped away up to the hayfield where some men were working. Now they'd left their lunches in under the hedge to keep them cool. What do you think Meg did? She sneaked in under the hedge and started helping herself to the bread and cheese and the bits of cake. Anything she didn't like, she just tossed aside in the grass. After a while, she felt tired. She lay down and fell asleep. When she opened her eyes again, she was amazed to see it was night time. There was a big harvest moon shining in the sky. All of a sudden, she thought she heard whispering voices. <laughs> Some dancing we're going to have tonight. That Meg girl has ruined our dancing floor with all these bits of food. If I could only get my hands on her, I'd give her something to think about. Well, anyone else hearing people say that would have the wit to lie low. But not our Meg. Up she got as bold as brass with her hands and her hips. Well, here I am. What would you do? She blinked in amazement. For there in front of her was a ring of little people no taller than her knee. The fairy folk. When they saw Meg, they joined hands and started to circle round and round her chanting a rhyme. Ring, ring, fairy, ring, fairies dance and fairies sing. She'll move neither hand nor foot. And do you know, she couldn't. Meg wasn't able to move or talk. And before her eyes, the fairies pulled up a big tuft of grass and disappeared under the ground, trailing Meg after them. She found herself in a large underground chamber, filled from floor to ceiling with rotten food. There were pieces of stale bread, lumps of cold porridge, slimy bits of cabbage. Do you see that? said one of the wee men. That's all the good food you've wasted over the years. You'll not get a bite to eat or a sup to drink till you've got all of that swept up. Handing her a brush and shovel, he and the other wee men left her to it. What choice had she? Meg started to sweep the rubbish into piles and she shoveled it into a deep pit. By morning, the work was done. Can I go home now? she asked when they came to see how she'd got on. No, you can't, they roared. There's plenty more to do. They gave her a slice of wheaten bread and a cup of buttermilk and Meg was so glad to get it she thought it was the most wonderful food in the world. They took her into a second room filled from floor to ceiling with old clothes, torn clothes, dirty clothes. Do you see that? asked one of the wee men. Those are all the clothes you have left lying behind you all those years for your poor mother to clean and mend. You'll not get another bite to eat nor a sup to drink until you've got all of those washed, mended and ironed. What choice had she? Meg started to work and she worked on and on until she could hardly straighten her back. At last there were piles of clean, neatly pressed clothes beside her. Can I go home now? she begged. No, you can't. There's still more work to be done. After giving her some more bread and milk, they brought her into a third room, which was full of tall, spiky weeds. 
Here and there between the weeds, Meg could see a pretty pink flower, or a yellow flower, or a blue flower. Oh, that's terrible, she said. The pretty flowers will be choked by all those old weeds. Hmm, glad you noticed, said one of the wee folk. Those weeds are all the nasty, horrible things you've said over the years. And those pretty flowers are the few pleasant things you've ever had to say about anything. Don't you think it's time you set things right? This time Meg didn't need any coaxing. She started to weed and she worked until her hands were all blistered. And when she finished, the weeds had all gone. There now, she said at last. Don't the flowers look better? I'm sorry for saying all those nasty things. The next thing she knew, Meg found herself up above the ground. The harvest moon was shining and the fairies were dancing around in a ring. Now you'll remember that Meg was a very observing sort of girl. Well, she knew that if a human boy or girl was taken away by the fairies, the only sure way to get home again was to find a four-leaf clover and make a wish. As she danced around with the fairies, she kept her eyes peeled and sure enough, she spotted a four-leaf clover. Quick as a flash, she grabbed it and said, I wish I was back in my own bed. And the very next minute, she was. She opened her eyes and there was her mother leaning over her. Oh, Mummy, I'm sorry I teased that dog. He wouldn't have bitten me if I hadn't. Glory be, said her mother. Our Meg's back to us again. It turned out that Meg had been lying there in her bed, not able to speak or move for a year and a day. She'd been away with the fairies all that time. From that day on, Meg was a changed girl. She ate whatever was put in front of her, she wore the clothes her mother left out for her, and until the day she died, she always had a good word for everybody. A traditional tale called Wee Meg Barnaleg. That was Liz Ware uh, telling that story. And what a pleasure to bring it to you. And of course, I'm listening to it not only with you, but also with Brian Tanner, one of our producers. Brian, thanks for bringing that story to us. Yeah, you know, and uh, I love to hear this story about, you know, someone learning to be less wasteful and more considerate and everything. But Sam, I got to be honest, I got... A little bit of a bone to pick with with one of the <laughs> parts of this story. All right, let's hear it. You know, Air your grievance. You know, this this idea of the kid having to, you know, wasting food or not eating everything on their sure, plate. Yeah. You know, I like I feel like with my own kids, I, I have a very picky eater in yeah, my house. Yeah. You know? And um and we have tried strategies in the past where we've just been like, come on, eat all your food. You got, you know, yeah. there's all this food sitting there and stuff like that. But I found that that kind of undermines her agency a little bit and it undermines her ability to make her own decisions and to listen to her own body yeah. and to listen to, um, you know, what what her body needs and learning I should listen to what my body needs rather than just like looking at the amount of food on my plate, you know? Sure, sure. And just letting her have a little bit more agency of the things that go into her body. And it's like, I do want her to be more of an adventurous eater and to learn to, to eat more things. So we always say, please take a bite. You yeah. know, sometimes she'll put it in her mouth and immediately run over to the trash can and spit it out. But we always say, <laughs> thank you for trying that bite. And hopefully over time, her, her, uh, 
uh, palate will <laughs> enlarge, you know, yeah. but yeah. I and, certainly remember when I was a kid and uh, we were encouraged to be members of the Clean Plate Club, oh, right? Yeah. I, I know my mom would look around and say, who's going to be a member of the Clean Plate Club? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, we, were, we, we come from that era for yeah. sure. No, but I definitely think that the, the takeaway message from this of just, of just like being more considerate and thoughtful about the, the things that other people have given you yeah. and the resources that they spent sure. to provide them for you instead yeah. of just taking things for granted. And it is, is really solid. Yeah. And maybe to look for that f- first as yeah. a thing is proffered to you. You know, sometimes it's easy to dismiss something because it doesn't seem like a big deal to you. When yeah. It might be a big deal to them. Yeah. You know, that kind of thoughtfulness can pay off for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, and just recognizing maybe this isn't my favorite shirt right. that, <laughs> that, that you gave me, but you did buy it for me. You spent money yeah. on it to to clothe me. And maybe instead of just saying, I hate this, you know, yeah. and, and being rude, you, you know, you can express an opinion and, and see if there's a more uh, helpful way to express sure. that thought. Or, yeah. yeah. Well, we Meg Barnaleg was the story told for you by Liz Ware. We encourage you to join us on Thursday for a fractured fairy tale uh, version of the story of the three little pigs told by Donna Washington, recorded right here in the Appleseed studio, and also a radio drama in which Quentin Manning, a middle school detective, attempts with his friends to solve the mystery of the case of the flattened tires, uh, an audio drama written by the wonderful storyteller Bill Harley, Grammy-winning storyteller. It's a pleasure to have worked with Bill on that, and we're super excited to bring it to you on the very next full hour-long episode of The Appleseed. I'm Sam Payne, and I can't wait to be with you again. Join me, won't you? Thanks for joining us. For a bite! Brought to you by The Appleseed.